What's happening, weirdos? Indeed. I'm hungry. I'm starving. <laughs> let's go eat. Okay, let's go eat. Um, this is a great chat. Uh, loved it. It's hilarious. Well, it's a little bit, it's a thicker milkshake. It's a thicker milkshake. There's laughs up top, yeah. as always. And, and laughs know. throughout. Mm, yeah. You're forgetting some. You didn't hear all my quick my quick quips. Oh, maybe. I, I Yeah, you're right. I don't always, I kind of tune them out sometimes. <laughs> when I'm trying to remember what I'm trying saying. Trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. It's 85. We made it weird. 85. For those of you that haven't listened to it, we made it weird. This is like our date. Mm-hmm. A special bonus Friday episode. The bonus. This is valid as the Wednesday. People yeah, like thank these you. way more. Aww. So Wednesday is the bonus episode. This is the yeah. real show, mother. Ben Stiller's bonus. Valerie's the real deal. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, super excited. Hope you enjoy. Come see a live podcast. Why don't you? This Sunday, May 8th. Yeah, it's Mother's Day. I thought that would be funny and cute. Turns out made it harder to book. But <laughs> John Hamm, Chris Red, and Mateo Lane. All don't ama- care about their mothers. Hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, and me. And you, yeah. <laughs> well, we're all going to be there, and it's going to be a wonderful way to spend Mother's Day. Bring your favorite mother. Yeah, bring your favorite mother. And it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be released as well, but it's so much more fun live, and there's stuff that we don't always include. I am uh, i don't know why. I guess because I know it's for Netflix is a joke festival, but I keep picturing the show during the day outside, and it's not. Valerie. It's neither of those things. When I saw, so I'm starting comedy in Boston, and they had the Boston Comedy Festival. It had a lobster, I think, holding a microphone. Cute. And I immediately pictured tents. Yep. Fried dough. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe like a like bumper cars. Yeah. And then there'd be comedy happening outside during the day. Yeah. It, it's just a way of saying... Here's There's an umbrella a lot, yeah. under which all these shows are happening. Like Netflix made all of the, the... You know how there's always comedy shows happening in LA? Well, this these ones Netflix, these Netflix. made happen. These are Netflix ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. There you go. Streaming. Mm-hmm. They're streaming live. <laughs> so uh, May 8th at the Avalon in Hollywood at 7 p.m. Come come hang out with me and John Hamm. Come on. I mean... Mateo Lane, one of the funniest people ever. And Chris Redd. Who I've, I haven't met, but love him on the Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's Get into right. it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I don't know if Val's going to be there. We're still trying to work it out. Yeah. We're going to try. We're going to try. we got to get a babysitter. Because it's to I put mean, Lee down. And there's only a few people that are qualified to do that. Meaning that's right. one. Yes. Um, and she can't do it. <laughs> well, thanks, Val. Trying to sell tickets here. <laughs> okay, well, I'll hold up an 8 by 10 glossy photo of Val. Yeah, there you go. And uh, May 20th is my next Largo, and you will be at that. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's always great. Mm-hmm. Always amazing. Stand-up show, Largo-LA.com. And if you like the show, uh, why not try a Pete's Pick? We only do ads for things that we actually like, and Pete's Picks are this week happening. Here they are. Living Libations, which is completely revitalized and revolutionized and redefined what skin care, eye care, tooth care, baby care... Everything that we use in our house that goes on or in our bodies uh, for health reasons, for beauty reasons, Living Libations has made a high-end natural, that's right, natural alternative 
to the chemical-filled nightmares that you normally find on the shelf at CVS. So whatever you're looking for, this is a great way to support the show because I promise you, if you're looking for something for your teeth, whether it be uh, toothpaste or if you want uh, deodorant or you want uh, skin care, like for example, I use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is not only natural and made with oils and ingredients that are, are real and that I recognize, it is also the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life. It will really, really, really do the job. Same with their Zen Shave. It's a, a shaving balm that is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as your aftershave. You can just rub it into your skin and your skin drinks it completely up. Try doing that with some anonymous neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. In fact, actually don't. Don't try that. It's horrible. And at night, both Val and I use their Best Skin Ever moisturizer, which not only smells great and feels great, but it gets your skin glowing in the way that only natural ingredients can. This, these products are wonderful and you'll get that peace of mind knowing you're not putting something filled with chemicals and toxicity levels that were never intended for human consumption, which is so much of the beauty industry. They, they don't care. It's so great to find a company that does have ethics and does care about people and, and, and their health as well as how they look. So it's, it's, uh, the best example of that is their Love the Sun sunblock. I wanted to find something that was zinc-based, that was natural, that was safe enough to put on my child every morning. And of course, Living Libations has that product. Their Love the Sun sunblock not only prevents Leela from getting sunburned, but it's not something that we have to feel guilty about putting, putting all over her body. Because you know what you put on your skin gets absorbed, gets into your blood, gets into your body. So we want to be really careful, especially when it comes to, to Leela. So whatever you're looking for, I promise you that Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace uh, whatever you're used to. And I'm, I'm, these things work, and you can feel great about putting them in and on your body. So go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD. For the month of May, we're just back to WEIRD. That's livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD at checkout for 15% off and show your support of this podcast. Speaking about what we put in our bodies, I'm super excited to talk about this. Uh, Ritual, as you know, I've been uh, plugging Ritual Vitamins, an incredible multivitamin. Uh, that gives you so much of what your body needs, especially what I miss in my diet as a mostly vegan. I'm missing B12, I'm missing D3. I'm so used to going to the doctor and them telling me that I'm de deficient in so many vitamins. And I started taking Ritual. Last time I went to the doctor, they were like, you're 10 out of 10 on everything. And that was the big change that I made. So I'm so grateful to Ritual for their, their multivitamin. They're so high quality. They were made and designed because uh, the, the founder was frustrated with what was on the market and they've knocked it out of the park. But I'm so excited that Ritual has entered into the probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic gut health arena because as you know, I'm all about that gut health. Your gut is like a second brain. We're figuring out so much more about the, the way that our bodies are supported by our guts and it's so much more important than we ever thought. And the modern diet just isn't getting what it needs to support the microbiome in there. So does your pro probiotic contain clinically studied strains? Mm, probably not. I've taken a lot. Finally, we can meet the one that does with Ritual's Symbiotic, S-Y-N-B-I-O-T-I-C Plus. Ritual's Symbiotic Plus contains two of the world's most studied strains. That's with over 350 publications of human clinical trials. Symbiotic Plus 
is incredible. Not only does it get me feeling ready to start my day and giving my belly and my body that good feeling, it is wonderful. I don't know how to put it. I've taken a lot of prebiotics, a lot of postbiotics, a lot of uh, uh, probiotics. A lot of them sort of interrupt the flow, if you know what I'm saying. Make it a little uh, tricky to uh, go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best one I found. There's no problem there. It makes everything work better, which is what it should do. So it's no surprise that the one with over 350 publications has found the right strains. This is more than a probiotic. It's three in one with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics all in one pill to support a balanced gut microbiome. I've never, before this, I didn't even know what postbiotics were. Ritual has educated me. We're getting all three things that we need, again, in one pill that has the same minty taste that I've come to love from the Ritual multivitamin. One daily capsule for a simple, streamlined gut support. Delayed release capsule is designed to reach the colon, not the stomach. These things aren't broken down in the stomach. It's going way deeper into our bodies, which is the ideal place for prebiotics, probiotics to survive and to grow. Uh, it's the probiotics. Probiotics feed on the prebiotics. That's what keeps them alive and allows them to thrive in your system. Designed with moisture-controlled bottle technology to protect probiotic strains. These, it doesn't need to be refrigerated, which I really, really love. In fact, a lot of the, prebiotic, or the probiotics that you see that are refrigerated are too fragile for those strains to survive. So this is the best, best, best that I've absolutely found anywhere. And I've been taking it for a couple months now, and I absolutely swear by it. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to sell not hide your insides. There's no shame in your gut game. That's why Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start ritual or add Symbiotic Plus, as I did a few months ago, to your subscription today. Support your body, support your second brain, support your gut health. It really is the key that I found to overall wellness. Get started today, ritual.com slash weird for 10% off for your first three months and show your support of this podcast. It means so very much to us. All right, everybody, hope to see you May 8th. Please watch How We Roll. It's on Paramount Plus right now. It's also on Thursdays, 9.30 p.m. on CBS. It means so much that you guys are checking it out. We're really hoping for a second season, so please, 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 please watch The Path. Please watch it. Thank you so much. That's a Josh Rubin reference. Um, hope to see you May 20th as well at Largo. In the meantime, enjoy We Made It Weird, number 85. Whoa. 85. Get into it. Here we are. <laughs> you're going to do it? Here. You're going you're to do it. I'm going to do it. I you're going to be weird up top? I actually do. Usually when you hit record, I like. Just brace. No, I was going to say I try to race. I try to beat you to the greeting. Oh, but you always do it. And then I just end up talking over you. Well, honestly, my love, I, I hit it. I have lots of things I want to talk about <laughs> this week. Lots of things to talk about this week. I mean, did you even see what happened? I'm, no, <laughs> I know. Not like that. Uh, but lots of feelings, <laughs> lots of lots of feelings to process, lots of thoughts, lots of um, existential theorems mm -hmm. to share, lots of um, diarrhea humor. <laughs> it's it's humor. It's not when you're humor. talking about diarrhea it becomes humor because the H in diarrhea is silent, so the H in humor <laughs> is also silent. I date you. I, I date, date you. you. I date you. I date you so good. <laughs> Ooh, I date you so good. I date you so well. That was a bit. 
that I had uh, with another lover. Gross! <laughs> you just hear the sound of the door closing, like I'm out of here. That's uh, all it took. Very it seemed like this really great relationship. Safe place where I could talk about <gasps> the summer I took another lover. Uh, no, oh, this is when we were together. <laughs> it was when we were together, but there was oh. one, you know, summer I was just kind of filled with red wine and an open linen shirt and mm-hmm. just kept dancing everywhere. And, and when you do that, you're going to take a lover. You, you're begging to take a lover. Which, by the way, I just I just did Adam Ray's podcast. I love Adam Ray. Shout out. Was that the lover? Oh, my God. <laughs> Adam's, I, I could see myself with a guy like Adam. I could totally see. The way that you kind of talk about him. <laughs> well, it's uh, the, the combination to my heart. Mm-hmm. Is not difficult. Mm-hmm. My parents. Oh, I forgot. I know. My parents but- were just here, and what? Uh, look, I want to say up top, and I'll just say it once. I love my parents. The, the, everybody's doing their best, and the, and they're great. And I've learned yeah. so many wonderful. I'm not just saying this. Sometimes I say this out of guilt. I'm saying this like for real, for real. We had a lovely visit. And I was reminded of how many things my mom's brutal honesty has been so helpful to me Mm. learning that, like learning that it's okay to kind of like be honest with yourself, be honest with others. Oh, put a pin in that. that. And also, as I always say, my father's ability to like always be like light, uh, making jokes, not afraid, Mm -hmm. um, taking over a room, changing the temperature in a room. So wonderful things I've learned from my wonderful things. Wonderful things. I'm I'm very close with my parents. And that could be true. That that can be true. That could be true. (laughs) Um, That being said, what isn't necessarily there, Mm -hmm. it's okay, doesn't negate, (laughs) I'm going to stop clearing my throat. Yeah. Everybody's having their own experience. Mm-hmm. That is really a good way to put it. So when you have someone like Adam Ray, who not only is handsome, <laughs> I had to say that because I'm having diarrhea right now. <laughs> yeah. So anytime the H is... <laughs> yeah. So Did he's handsome. He's handsome. But he's... Anytime, anytime you don't use an H, we know you got the squirts in there. <laughs> I'm gushing. Oh, Ew. my God. I have... Edit that out. And edit it. That's from the Todd Glass show. Then yeah, edit, edit it, it back, back in. in. I love. I love Todd. Me too. Any hoozle woozle. Adam has my number. He's funny, mm-hmm. but he also is incredibly. We talked about it on his pod. We were like, it's not that hard to be kind. Yeah. And he reminds me of that. And and it's little things like uh, how we roll comes out Thursdays nine thirty CBS or on Paramount Plus. Roll. Why is it a a ransom call? Yeah. Watch, watch, watch <laughs> how we roll. Uh, because you're disguising that it's you that's trying to. Yeah, it the should show. be someone else, <laughs> <laughs> but it's me. But I have to be like, oh, who's this guy? This is oh, my so. favorite show, oh, Anonymous. There's Al Pacino. Hey. How you doing? Uh, I was just going on my walk through beautiful East Los Angeles. It's not very good today. It's not very good. No, I was laughing at the content that he goes on a walk. What I do is uh, I put on my short shorts. See how it kind of glides up the leg? Yeah. It's like a little 80s slice, a little triangle on the side of my leg. (laughs) 80s. <laughs> it's, what we, it's what we call in the 80s. 80s we call it with 80s the, slice. With the two, <laughs> this is, the two white lines. Oh, yeah, leading to the 80s slice. Uh-huh. I can't do Pacino very well today. I think it was great. It's all right. <laughs> I just want to talk to you. Let me talk to you. I want to say, watch How We Roll. How We Roll! It's a great show. It's higher than you think, I think. It's a family show. 
<laughs> and people watch it alone. <laughs> or with a friend. I'm not going to stop the impression, but what I'm saying is uh, he is the one that like reaches out, says, like, I watched it, I love Adam it, Ray. you're great. Yeah. He's also the first and only person, maybe he's lying to me, <gasps> that goes, you look good at bowling, like you clearly did work. Like just nice things, things yeah. you didn't know you were waiting he's to hear. He's very com- complimentary. Yes, but it's, and he's also very there. So again, my parents... We said on a on an episode of this not that long ago that Leela will say we'll be singing like Pop Goes the Weasel, fake example, but mm-hmm. she'll go like, No, Pop Goes the Bomato. She calls tomatoes bomatoes. Yeah. And then we'll just start singing Pop Goes the Bomato. Yeah. Now I'm sure my parents did that at some point, but at some point then they stopped because they're <laughs> yeah. okay, new rule, they stopped doing it. Okay. <laughs> because uh, there's just not a lot of like the the amount of attention you have to pay what I'm going to call three-dimensional attention. Yeah. Some people have like a focus point, like a uh, like a secret, like a searchlight that yeah. you can point at things and you go, dad, 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 look at this, look at this. And then, like, you'll, you'll get on it, right? You'll see it. Yeah. But uh, you have to like rally that, that focus attention. Yes. And some, one of the reasons I'm drawn to show people, there's no, like, oh, is because three-dimensional attention, any body language, facial, body, something you said, something you're kind of implying, tone. Yeah. There's this like, you're like a wash. Like I used to fantasize when I was a kid that in the future would be able to like map uh, digital environments, like you'd be able to make a video game mm-hmm. by like, poof, like you said something in the sky and it would go, poof, and it would dust. It would send this like digital dust, and everything that the digital Dutch dust touch uh, would be cataloged in the computer. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like molecule sh- sized That's sensors. Cool, right? That's pretty, really cool. Pretty neat, Bandito. Like if I right? like saw that in a movie, I'd be like, whoa. And it's kind of what. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like still enjoying because I you're complimenting something I thought when I was like 14, and that's it's very that's creative. Fine. Well, I mean, think I'm about enjoying... if like a 14 year old Leela told us that. Well, forget like, it. Yeah, I mean, kisses I'm, all over her face for that. I'm gonna give. <laughs> I'm gonna say 150 million kisses. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give 151 million, but that's just oh. because I love her slightly more. Okay, well, I feel like that last million million is gonna be a bit of overkill, but yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, video game. Um, um, uh, oh, yeah. so that level of attention. They're like they're they're blanketing reality with their focus. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not like a labored focus. It's just kind of a natural. And this is what I love about improvisers and, and some comedians, not all comedians. Yeah. Some comedians are real spotlight folk. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that's what Adam Ray. Adam Ray has my number. Plus, He's got three dimensional attention. I thought it was more interesting to, to consider. Uh, my my gay crushes, but I mean, yeah, Gosling, Gosling, sure, um, Ham, John Ham. Although yeah. I've, ne- I've been with Ham, I've never been like, man, I'd love to kiss him right now. But yeah. that's, that's to say, like, it's not for, that's not like my that's not Ex- my preference. Yes, but I'm still like, I ga- I gauge my uh, what I imagine to be my homosexual preferences based uh-huh. on who I'm trying to look like. 
Because clearly yeah. that's what I think is like attractive. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a bit about that where people are like, I'm so straight. I don't even know what a good looking guy is. It's like, yes, you do. Because every morning you dress like one. Yeah. You dress like what you think an attractive man is. So right. Gosling and him, which based on the number of stained sweatshirts I wear, <laughs> I'm doing a very bad job. <laughs> I told my brother I was on Corden recently and I looked at my pants and there was just like a huge like... <laughs> Something stay hummus. Yeah, Leela uses us pants. as her personal cloth napkins. She grabs us like like a mobster going like, "Where's the cash, big fish?" Yeah, <laughs> and she grabs us like that and just wipes her face. Yeah, and that that's fine. What's mm-hmm. weird is that I'm like, I'm off to TV, and I wear the same. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to say about how you dress, but we won't get into it. And it's also, it is like you are wearing practically a sandwich board that says, I am not gay. Yeah, that's That's interesting. Because of how there's a lack of crispness. There's a lack of of uh, care, care of three dimensional attention. I'm definitely not paying three. And I'm not even proud of this, by the way. If there's Mm -hmm. something that I learn when I see my parents, remember I always say, "Don't forget, you might be wrong." Yeah, and also like, and not just them, all of us. You're probably like not only wrong, but like completely off the mark. Meaning, Mm. okay, so your boy wears these like. Lululemon pants or I wear my perfect jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all the time. Yeah. That doesn't mean I have to believe it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, just because I do like, it doesn't mean I have... That's on You have to take crest. a stand. That's my stand! Like, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And real quick, and I'm going to throw it to you because I've been blabbing and boring. No, But, like, it. I... My life is marshaled and governed mm-hmm. by my mood in huge ways and I have very different moods Mm -hmm. some moods most of the moods are like just kind of wear something where you don't want any trouble but if you ever see me in a colorful sneaker Mm -hmm. baby I woke up feeling like Christmas like I felt real good that morning I think that's pretty common and I think that actually people dress how they want to feel so when you see somebody and like a nice That's really good. Yeah, like a nice nicely dressed. It's because they want to they want to make themselves feel put together. And I want to be comfortable. An effort. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. If someone starts talking about my clothes, I want to crawl into a yeah, hole. Yeah, you die. hate I it. I hate it. Yeah. Or a haircut even. I feel that I don't way want about to a talk haircut. about it. Yeah. You there is a belief that <coughs> you have that like if you get caught making an effort, that's like very embarrassing. Okay, and this goes back to my parents. There's so, and my family, there's mm-hmm. so many things we learn that we hold, well, precious, like they, mm. they're us. Mm. Like, don't have too much effort. Like, even mm. if you dress up, yeah. don't look too dressed up. Yeah. My father, it's actually pretty sweet, still not, not this part, but my dad wears blue Oxfords, right? Mm-hmm. And when I watch movies uh, from his time, when he was a 20-year-old guy, all the men are wearing blue Oxfords, like Paul Newman. Blue Oxford. Like, so my dad yeah. was like, blue Oxford, that's a subtle but tasteful way of being classy, right? Uh, but it's, then I see my brother wearing blue Oxford sometimes. Mm. And you know what? You know what, Oxford, it's just a button-down shirt. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, as soon as you said to your brother, I was like, oh, that's what the shirts that your brother wears. No, he wears polo shirts Oh, now. right. He's changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But anyway, this is all to say, um, who cares? Like, 
we have these things we do mm-hmm. and they're made out of manure. Yeah. That's why there's something really liberating in being like my whole life. Let, let's talk about this. I think this is valuable. So we want, I'm going to uh, make the podcast video. We're going to put it video. Yeah. We're finally going to do it. I've been yeah. dragging my feet. I realized I think I was more intimidated by the process and I used to hide behind the excuse like it won't be as intimate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've done a lot of podcasts that are video and I'm like, I'm having no problem being just as intimate. Yeah. So anyway, we want to do it. Plus, I just want to get more listeners yeah. just for its own sake. First and foremost, I just want I'm so proud of the show. I like the show. So we want to put it online. But like, OK, you start realizing that the reason you weren't doing it was because you're overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Right? You go like, well, I don't know what. How do I get the thing to the, the guy? And then you realize you're going to have to ask a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to have to ask. I asked Andrew Santino or, or you text Bert Kreischer or somebody like, who do you use? And it's all of this like vulnerability. Like it, you're new to something. You're, you're being new. you have to be willing to be new at something and, and not know about it. Like Santino was like, we use these cameras and this. And then I was like, yeah, but what's that thing on the lens? Like you have yeah. to like go back. They yeah. give it to you and then you go like, cool. Um, Do you think it should be two cameras or three? And like yeah. you're sort of like, and I'm not proud of this, uh, but you feel a little disempowered. You don't you don't sure. feel like John, Johnny Cool Cool Cats. Yeah, it you know, is the vulnerable. Guy with two cats on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Johnny Cool Cats. Uh, yeah. The cats are cool. He's not cool. <laughs> Nobody with two cats is cool. No. Um, and I say that with somebody with two cats growing up. Go on. You did have two. Marmy and Clem. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh. I well, No, go ahead. The punchline is, I realized I didn't say the punchline. Yeah. And I, I encourage everybody, because this made a big difference for me, mm-hmm. how to tell, is it the fear of the process and your, your reverse engineering a reason why you don't want to do it? For me, it was like, I don't want to be on camera. Like, I, I think it's going to change the show. Yeah. I think that was me going, I'm uncomfortable with the whole process. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So then I go, this is, this was the technique. I said, I said to myself, what did I say? I said, <laughs> if you could flip a switch and it would all be done mm-hmm. and it would just happen automatically, would you do it? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And that's how you know. Well, you're just afraid. And I know it sounds silly to be afraid of setting up cameras and figuring out some new softwares or whatever. Yeah. But like that's been enough to like bug me Mm -hmm. like at three in the morning. That's what my brain is like. Are you do you do the intro on camera? I don't even know. Yeah. Well, it's it's very understandable and relatable. And it's a little bit making me think of someone who we know who I, I, I won't name. You can name if you want to, who like won't use QR codes at, for a menu at a restaurant. Yeah. Well, this could be anyone in my family, by the way. Yeah. I know who you're thinking of. But yeah. Like, it can be. Anyone. There's a huge number of yeah. people, young and old, in the homes and the my mom's side family yeah. that are just like. Re- resistant to change, yeah, and that's that's what I'm talking about. So you're hearing me. I re- you're Adam Raying me right now, and I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy to. Um, but yeah, where it is just it that, that you know, or using. What's interesting to me is that you aren't always that way. Like you, I think there are lots of times where you're like you see like a. I'm thinking of like probably the first time you used an airport kiosk 
like automated way to get your yeah. ticket. Like, I am the guy that's like, that looks like. Yeah, I yeah. can do that. Like you're, you yeah. know, so it is. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also really understand. I don't know if I have the fear of being embarrassed that I don't know how to do something, but I will get overwhelmed, especially with anything to do with technology. And I'll just be like, I don't want I don't want to do it. I, I totally <laughs> hear you. And what's weird is I, I'm going to get off myself, <laughs> but like, I like technology and that yeah. actually makes it a little bit worse as I'm like, like when I can't figure something out, like I just got a new computer cause my old computer, it's weird the way they make these things obsolete. Like it just couldn't get the internet. Like it just mm. couldn't, like mm-hmm. we upgraded the internet and then they were like, yeah, this computer can't do it. It can't get the signal yeah. well enough to, to do a zoom call. And I was like, that's why I upgraded. And I'm like, what year is it? I'm like, I said with pride 2017. Yeah. Like, it was only four years ago, or five years <laughs> five ago. Five years ago. And and everyone was like, oh, I can't believe you made it this far, like, sweetheart. What? We're changing computers every five years? Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. That's ridiculous. It should be a piece of furniture that you hand down to your children. Oh, my God. Like I know a they can make it that way. Of course they could. Yeah. There is... Yes, of yeah. course they could. And maybe yeah. we will when we start running out of tempered glass. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that makes it a little bit worse. What I wanted to ask you, Val, is can you relate? I feel like, like me, there's a lot of things that you would that you might get less anxiety when you go like, is it not wanting the thing or is it just not wanting the product? Like if you could flip a switch, would you do it? Did right. that resonate with you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. and the, And it is interesting, like the excuses that we tell ourselves and um and and just in general it feels like whatever we're saying it's about it's almost never about that can i get a fucking amen i i can't remember where i said this it might have been on stage it might have been on it doesn't matter sure doing a lot of yap and, and a lot of it is into microphones so maybe you've heard me say this before who knows but no one knows why they're doing something people are like I um, got a breast reduction, so I started exercising. And it's like, that's not why you started exercising, and that's not why you got a breast reduction. Mm-hmm. You cleared up some emotional space. Yeah. You made a boundary with your family. You yeah. broke up with your your deadbeat or asshole boyfriend or whatever it is. Deadbeat. What am I, from the 30s? <laughs> I meant just like not giving emotionally. I didn't mean not working. Like yeah. like a dud boyfriend. Yeah. You broke up with him. Now you're working out. Yeah. Like my, talk about my parents. Again, remember, go re-listen to the caveat up top about how I love them. When they leave, mm-hmm. Pete's in, Pete goes into his best mode. Pete yeah. starts eating hard vegan, like raw vegan, like cleansing. I got new vitamins. Mm-hmm. Like I got new a B complex. I got an omega-369 vegan complex. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Because I think it was DGP pointed out that it it can disturb you when you see the pool you came out of. Yeah. And, and that's for everybody, I think. You see it sort of writ large. You see what happens when you are in those neural grooves for 80 years, mm-hmm. the, the same kind that I have. Yeah. And you're like, I better like reboot. I better cleanse. Yeah. And I think that's part of all of this, like all of the food products now are called pure 
clear, clean. Mm. It's all of that is saying you will be pure, you will be clean. And I don't think it means morally, it might to some people, but to me it means this will clean you. Yeah. It will find the part of you that doesn't listen three-dimensionally or is hard-headed or thinks his views are his identity or whatever it might be, mm. and it will burn it out of you. Have this ginger shot. It will burn it out of oh, you. Oh, yeah. How much? I thought about that. Like, And I wonder if people who weren't raised religious uh, have the same I like strong what? desire to purify. Yes. But Refiner's but, fire? Yeah. I mean, I would guess there is still a little bit of that because we still live in a culture that tells us that like our bodies are gross, our base yeah. desires are disgusting. I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like yeah. your butthole even needs to be like camera ready. Oh, especially women. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. What do you butthole. mean women? My butthole's camera ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> butthole, butthole has to be camera ready. Like no hair except for exactly the perfect right spots down to like a centimeter. That's right. That's <laughs> like right. Like it's a centimeter and no over. no bumps. And no, no bump. Yeah, no, exactly. Just perfectly smooth and hairless and, and with infinite collagen. Because it looks clean. Yeah. I'm not saying it is clean, guys. And I'm not saying that's... Well, you... I think it looks prepubescent, which is once we hit puberty, Don't that's even. where we got all of our body shame that's it you know it seems like that's you leela right now has zero body shame yeah and she moves about the world so effortlessly and beautifully yeah and then there's gonna be a time where her body starts changing and she feels very awkward about it Mm -hmm. and a lot of us didn't have the resources or the support to I'm so glad Leela has you. You're gonna be great at that. I hope so. I yeah I'm not saying I mean, I'm tapping out, I'm saying like yeah, woman no. to woman stuff will be I feel excited to do that. I think I can do that part. I've done so much like healing and growth. Even to the point where I thought of when you were saying the thing about feeling awkward when people com- compliment you. I was like, wow, I really used to feel that way. And now I I will just say like I got my hair done recently and like I just said like yeah I just wanted to feel cute (laughs) like like I'll just claim what I'm doing as like this is what I'm doing I wanted to make myself feel pretty for a little while yeah you know yeah um good for you well thank you your boy's so weird sorry I'm not going back to that but like why you'd think yeah, if I you're didn't know so me, good I would at be like, like confidence and, and, and I tell yeah. people they look great all the time. Like and I compliment people all the time. I like complimenting. Yeah. And you like compliments like you like that Adam Ray complimented specific things. So it's there's something about appearance. And it, it I feel like it probably just what I know about like growing up in Boston in the eighties from you. Yeah. I'm sure there was a making effort an effort is like Well, you're queer. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're queer. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because you do you know this in eighth seventh eighth grade I you were queer <laughs> I was queer <laughs> I love the queers back because uh, you know like the the community reclaimed queer yeah although I'm sure, I'm sure that we're, we're saying I don't mean it this way is right <laughs> yeah. I just mean it's not like a complete full stop never say that because in a Boston accent it's it's still it makes me laugh yeah. when you say it mm-hmm. um, I wore rayon. Silk, like silk looking shirts, like button down shirts. Love it. And like acid wash jeans. Like I was wow. peacocking with my clothing. Like I was yeah. trying. To, and that was, that 
so the, whatever that wound is mm-hmm. happened later. Yeah, interesting. It wasn't when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. Even high school, I, I think I was in high school. I wore a leather jacket with spikes on it. Like mm-hmm. I was going around trying to be special for what I was wearing. Right. And like growing my hair out, which at that time was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> is that a boy? Like that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I colored a strand of it red with like oh a, like Avril Levine. You might be a four. I mean, I certainly was in high school, four yeah. years. Four, yeah. <laughs> but she means an Enneagram four, four yeah. for the three people who this is your first episode. <laughs> you listen and you've to. never the heard of, of the Enneagram. We're all good friends. Yeah. We're all very good friends. And we all know our Enneagram numbers. So yeah. many people, it's very sweet, but so many pe- people will DM me, listeners of the podcast, saying like, my husband's a three and I'm a nine, so we really relate to you. Like, oh, it's, really? Yeah, it's very sweet. That is very sweet. I love that. Shout out to the like, three nine relish. relish. Threes are nines in stress. Nines are threes in stress. It works. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, like, after your parents left, I'll, I feel like I'll never forget the image of after our last dinner with them, we came home and you were, you had the heated... Yeah, it's. I think it's such a good no, way to is, care this for is yourself. Your, this is what you've taught me. Yeah. Is there would have been a time when I would have gotten drunk or got overeaten or whatever it might have been? Yeah, and or gotten stoned. It made it really made me like feel so good seeing you do this because I, I, this is how I care for myself, and I could like feel it helping you. But we have a heated, a, a weighted, a weighted heated. Vibrating pad. Yeah. Like a weighted vibrating heating pad. Yeah. And so you have to say heating pad. Otherwise, it does sound like the bears can smell the menstruation. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And a weighted blanket. So you had the heating pad and then the weighted blanket and your little hand massager and your little breathe right strip. Yeah, Yeah. And it was so it was like such a nine moment. It was what I needed. Exactly what I needed. Yeah. And I if you have trauma, if and by the way, using trauma very loosely, I'm mm -hmm. just saying as a kid in the 80s, trauma was like what happened to in war and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're just talking about everyday. Yeah. Rough rough final meal there were great moments in the last meal but it it had some weird moments too yeah we can talk about that but um you really taught me it's like don't run Mm. i mean i think that's that's like one of the biggest Mm. lessons and the reason why we talk about it so much on this podcast is because i have to remember don't Mm. run yeah so look it's the same every visit the first meal is always great the second meal, we have three meals, and the mm-hmm. second hang or meal is always pretty good. And then yeah. the third one, I could get into why I think this is, but it's almost like the pain body's last chance to kind of like lash out. Yes. So usually what happens is, and without getting into too many specifics, but I feel like certain members of my family would rather you be mad at them yeah. or hurt. And I should say hurt too. Mm-hmm. Then have you just sort of be polite 
and smile at them and tell you tell them you love them yeah and you know give them a hug and stuff that's not enough they need more juice they need more action it's like they need more passion more passion either way either way yeah. so if you're not gonna be like oh you're my fave I love I so much I wish we mm-hmm. wish I was still a kid and we could just li- be together yeah I think when this is all done we should get an apartment together <laughs> yeah. I miss your musk I miss your smell oh, God. sit the next few plays out champ it's from Anchorman did you know that um, All of that is what Champ oh, says to yes, Ron Burgundy. Yes, I miss your musk. No, yeah. I miss your musk. But uh, anything short of that, if we're not getting the peppermint fountain of, of positivity, yeah, little blades will come out. Not yeah. even that little. Just little blades. Like will come actual out. blades, yeah. And you'll go in for a hug, and while you're doing the hug, you'll get like a... Yep. Uh-huh. To literally, in the last three seconds of the ball game... Yeah. Um, I'd rather you bleeding and screaming, but yeah. needing me or yeah. clinging to me or wanting to fix it with me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll start a fire on your body. Yeah. If you come to me to put it out. Exactly. Like that's, that's I think exactly that's what's going it. on. Yes. So after that happened, again, what is on the menu, especially for like a, a, a tip me, I was going to say a red-blooded American male. I just mean, I don't know anything about a red-blooded American male. I'm talking about me 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You would, you're supposed to, your parents out of town, go party. Yeah. Go drink, go eat, or play, if you're really like me, play Splinter Cell, like kill mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. while you're drinking. Yeah. Or whatever it is. And you have shown me that it's not only okay, it's like mm-hmm. deeply effective, like mm-hmm. stay in your body, mm-hmm. uh, say yes, thank you mm-hmm. to the feelings, welcome them in because mm-hmm. it's the resistance that charges them up. Yeah. And just be tender to yourself. Even while it was happening, mm-hmm. you would be like, it's okay to say to your child self like, oh, this is really hard for you. Mm-hmm. The reason, by the way, it just sounds like we're analyzing me. We're talking about all of us. All of us need you to visit this parents or con- uh, complicated friendships or whatever it might be yeah that trigger things from your youth it's okay and no one knows you're doing it mm-hmm. to go oh sweetheart mm-hmm. this is really hard for you and yeah. i would go i got you yeah. val's got you it's yeah. okay oh, like yeah. we take care of you now right it's you because you pointed out that no matter what you still part of you thinks you need your parents to survive. Absolutely. And if they don't, if they're mad at you, if they cut you with that blade on the last hug in the last three seconds of the last hang, mm-hmm. which is what happened, mm-hmm. you go like, this needs to be fixed or I won't eat. That's right. And then there's a there's a real value in going like, let's go home, heating pad, weighted blanket, mm-hmm. even the, the intake, is that what it's called? The breathe right strip by intake yeah. really works great. Breathing good. Yeah. Hand massager thing because of my hand surgery. But even that is kind of like comforting me. Yes. And just going like, let's get fucking feminine with this. I don't yeah. mean woman. I mean like nurturing. feminine, yeah. nurturing, flowing. Yeah. Feel your body. And, and you've said this a million times, but don't even label it. Mm-hmm. And when I would close my eyes in that Rupert Spira sort of way mm-hmm. and be like, what is it exactly that you're experiencing? Drop the like, this is like a movie or mm-hmm. I felt this way before. Drop it all mm-hmm. and just close your eyes mm-hmm. and witness the vast expanse of consciousness that you are. That sounds like such woo-woo. I really mean it. You could do it. Everybody do it right now. It's like you close your eyes. You mm-hmm. see that you are a field of knowing. 
Mm-hmm. Of, it, the word consciousness just sounds like, all right, let's smoke some grass and talk about. <laughs> I just mean whatever is happening, you know it. You are aware. Yeah. So you're a field of awareness. And if you close your eyes and don't see your body, these feelings have more freedom to be as amorphous Mm -hmm. and strange as they really are. And then existential kink style, you can go like, that one's kind of nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't make any sense. And it flies in the face of my, like I'm overwhelmed and sad Mm -hmm. narrative. Mm -hmm. But if you just go like, what am I right now? You see that the edges of some of, they almost look like feelings almost look like amoebas. Yeah. Like they're pear shaped or they're squiggly or they have hairs on the side. Some of them are electric and some of them are rusty and heavy. And, mm-hmm. but you, you get to see them all and they swim around you like fish. I'm mixing metaphors like, or like amoebas. Yeah. And you can see some of them, the perimeter is actually this like euphoric yes. feeling. Yes. Absolutely. It makes me so... I'm your student. Happy to... <laughs> I am your student. Are you my teacher? No, you You did, are. You get are... crazy. <laughs> get everyone, crazy. <laughs> everyone listening right now is like, wow, Val's really done a good job. No, but I love just sharing this with you because it's changed my life. And that's why I talk about it basically every episode of the podcast. Because to me, this if there is one practice to get through life or to fully live life this is the practice it's it just is what is necessary yeah it's the only way to be able to be fully open fully alive and like roll with the punches of this human existence and i know exactly what you mean that euphoric kind of feeling and it's I I always doubt when I sit down to be with my uncomfortable feelings because it's still even though I know all of this and I preach all of this and I I love it it's still I will always resist at least for a few minutes sometimes for a few days sitting and going into whatever uncomfortable feeling I'm having oh god it it's, sometimes weeks go by and then I go wait a minute what are we always talking about yeah exactly and so. I always doubt when I'm sitting down, like, I I think I've done this before and it actually feels really good. And it's like my brain will not believe that because it still is learning to trust my body. And it's like, no, this is going to be unbearable. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I remember. So I always doubt it. And then it, it does happen where it's like what I've found is in sadness there's a sweetness swirl. Like it's not, and I always say this, but I love, it was such a key distinction for me. It wasn't because my Enneagram nine who like hates being uncomfortable was always like, all right, let's just like close our eyes, close our ears, just like power through this difficulty so that we can like get the treasure on the other side. That's not what this is. It's actually like the treasure is in the cave. It's not on the, it's not through the cave. Or going around it. Yeah, or going around it. it. That's it so is, good. It's in it's, the cave. So that sweetness is swirled. And this is something Mary by Star taught me too. It is swirled into the sadness. It's all part of the same thing. Right. So it's not like feel the sadness and then you don't have to feel sadness anymore. You get to just feel sweetness and joy. It's mm. like, no, you'll see as you slow down because we think that our emotional pain and our physical pain 
is just this one solid clump. Yeah. And it's immovable. It will always be there. There's no characteristics of it. It's just this pain clump. (laughs) Yeah. And once you like look as if you were looking at, you know, this is a gross example. I want to try to think of a good example as if you were looking at like a pile of dirt, solid dirt. Mm. Uh, it just seems like one homogenized thing. But then if you like take a microscope to it, you would see like all kinds of life inside. Right. And that's exactly the same with our feelings. So if we slow down with the emotions, like you noticed, there's soft edges to it. There's swirling. It's changing. It's mm, in motion. Mm-hmm. It's peaking and passing. And then it turns into something slightly different. And then maybe it goes back to the original feeling. Like it's in motion. And there's something so liberating when you notice that because you realize it's like a remembering that nothing is permanent. Everything is is swirling and changing and moving. And when you surrender to it, Euphoric is a hundred percent the word. Yeah. Like it is euphoric when you realize, oh, there's nothing that I have to do. This isn't a problem. Right. And it's, and it's going to work itself out anyway. So something that Jennifer, my therapist says that I always try to remember is, it's just trust your equipment. Mm. Like the, and she, all, uh, she also says there is no feeling that you could have that your body can't process because it made it. It made it exactly. <laughs> it's ins- it's kind of insane for us. To... Why would it make something that would kill itself? Exactly. So your so the where we get like tr- re-traumatized or you know the big the you know kind of big damage. I'm putting in air quotes. Um, comes from our mind not trusting that our body could process it. Mm. And so there's a, there's, it's really like a long process of building trust and doing exactly everything you said you did and that I saw you do over and over and over again. Trash day? Is it trash day? No, no it's, it oh, it's street sweeping. And it's dumping trash out so it has something to do? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just stick with it. That definitely sounds like a trash can. That is trash. a trash. Yeah, yeah, that's very weird. Go on. Um, but yeah, just doing it over and over and over until you start to trust. So then you're sitting at a meal, the last meal with your parents, and eventually you're like, I, I know this is hard. This is going to be hard, and I know what to do with it. Right. And it's, and I, I can't always do that, but this time being with your parents and then there was a a night where my parents were there too. So we had both sets of parents, which we haven't done since our wedding. That was the first and only time we've ever done that. Yeah. And I was, I was just communicating anytime I could think of doing it, communicating to my body, like, Yes, I know. We'll we'll deal with this later. Like I know mm. how to I'll once I get you somewhere safe, we'll process this later. Mm. Because you really very rightly noticed cuz I asked you right after that meal um wh- where do you feel it in your body? And you were and you 
observed that like you you didn't really they kind of make you oh i don't have a body i'm numb yeah yeah and that's exactly how i am too when i'm not always but a lot of times when i'm with with yeah i felt like novocaine like i had been novocaine by the experience exactly and there's and that's so there are times where that dissociation is skillful is wise is your body being like "Uh uh-huh yeah no not safe to feel this in real time so we're gonna just like kind of freeze it, freeze it, and then we'll we'll once we feel safe, we'll dethaw. And you, as you were like nurturing your body, then the feelings started to come. That's out. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I feel like eating, drinking, smoking weed, or you know, sleeping probably has value, but like, yeah, might have just been putting more snow on top of it. Yeah, it was like trying to push it down, and I was like, I really think. This is almost like sweating out a poison. Yeah. It's like we need to let it come up and come out. And I don't know that sounds like we own a crystal shop, but I, I very practically it just meant like before we numb ourselves, let's just be still in a safe place with a safe friend. In my case, it was you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And let it come out of my pores. Right. Because otherwise I think it goes in and becomes an ulcer. Absolutely. Or, or worse or something like that. Yeah. And it, it felt really good yeah to get it out it does feel good it feels so scary to agree to do it with yourself you know like okay i will go into this but then it's it's like as soon as you do it starts to feel really good well i'm lucky that i have a partner i mean this that that that's a normal thing on the menu that's not like a special tasting menu or like the taste of chicago's in town so we're doing the like lay on the couch and feel your feelings menu (laughs) like it's always okay to say let's not watch tv just yet Mm -hmm. or anything just yet yeah and you'll suggest it even that's Mm. that's just a really great thing oh thank you Mm. well i was really impressed with how you did it and i was also impressed with how you noticed in that moment that your ang it's usually your your first reaction is your anger and that it sometimes just stops there oh yeah it's it's the cheapest response it's, mean, it's it's not worthless but it's, it's just like worthless. it's the penny candy mm. it's not the godiva it's it's like oh it's just some root beer barrels and it's so easy to get there and when you realize that you're saying things like Let's fake example, but like, oh boy, that's the last visit, Mm, right? mm -hmm. Something like that. You realize what's in there is like a mourning child and there's a a, sadness. There's a desire to connect in a way that you didn't connect. There's even guilt that like, maybe I could have been better or different in some way. Mm -hmm. You were saying something? Well, I was just going to say anger. The best description of anger I've ever heard was Tara Brock just saying that it's like uh it's basically just like an alarm for you letting you know that there has been either um a need that hasn't been met or an injustice yeah and it's important to have that and and you're so much both (laughs) yeah Yeah, i felt like both yeah absolutely and you are an example to me of being okay to green light your anger i i actually have to work more on letting my anger come out. Well, I feel safe 
venting with you. I, I know mm. I'm always very, I'm still scared of my own anger and scared of anger in general. Mm. But so I'm careful to be like, it's more like venting. It's sort of funny and it's controlled and it's okay. Yeah. But you've made me feel very safe to do that. But then you're, it is the alarm. And so when we just stop it there, you know, our bet, like Martin Luther King Jr., our, our best activist, Gandhi, like they all seemed to know when to use the anger or how to skillfully use the anger to be the alarm that an injustice has happened, but not end it there. Like to then go underneath it and to see deeper heart thing. Yeah. To have just a, a deeper, richer, understanding of the whole picture yeah because the anger is such a like tunnel vision kind of feeling and so is fear Mm. and that's where mine is like fear is my phone foam on top i'll get extremely anxious about something and then i have to be like wait what's underneath this Mm. oh it's sadness it's i have that too sadness yeah that's that's another blanket for me yeah what was interesting that i wanted to talk about uh everything you just said was amazing thank you Mm. (laughs) thank you (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> uh, condescending. Thank you, Val. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Val. Uh, <laughs> um, but when your your parents were in town at the same time as my parents, which was strange. Yeah. And I, it was really well-meaning uh, and, and nice and kind even. Mm-hmm. But I had this chat with your parents. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was laughing with my brother about this later, where I was like, whenever I talk about my family with other families everyone says the same thing Mm -hmm. and that's not that interesting but what's interesting is i'll almost always believe it Mm. i i remember joe de rosa my dear friend saying this and i remember then he met my parents and he was like i take it back home (laughs) yeah and but whatever i your dad was specifically being like you know when you're talking to your dad and he asks like when my dad asks me a question Mm -hmm. 10 times out of 10, I just do a bit. Yeah. I'll uh-huh. be like, I'm trying to think of one of the questions he actually actually asked me. He said... What's the hardest part yeah. of how we roll, of doing the show? Yeah. Is, is that the one you were thinking? I was thinking of the hedges. He asked about our hedges. How old are the hedges? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old are the hedges? Which, again, a different dad, these would be adorable a questions. A different conversation style. Yeah. Everyone listening, if you're listening and you're like, what's wrong with that? Yes. Let me tell you, <laughs> allow me to educate. No, I'm just kidding. But like the problem is if you're uh, that three-dimensional attention, mm-hmm. right? That's looking for nuance. That's looking for feelings. That's, that's listening. Mm-hmm. That's being blank. That asks mm-hmm. something and then is blank. Yes. Like meaning like I'm asking you this. And I want to know it. Because I want to know and then, and then you might, and it, it, my fantasy is, is always like, uh, I'll be my dad, you be me. And this is the fantasy. Okay. How, how old are these hedges, Valerie? Uh, I'm not sure that I think they're pretty old. They're yeah. very big. Yeah. It's hard to know. I mean, like these things we don't know, these could have been put in, in the seventies. It could have been like 1906. <laughs> yeah. These things that go up, but they're beautiful, really beautiful. I just love the. 
the green and it gives you that sort of tucked away mm-hmm. feeling. It's, it's a wonder, wonderful house. Thank you. I just love being here with you. <laughs> yeah. ah! Every time we do it, I, I, it's so fun to like know the real person and to picture him saying oh these like gosh. very engaged things. Or, sorry. Well, I just was going to say it actually seems because I am with you in this and I will make it clear again, which I, I just kept saying this to you after that first meal. And I just want to always remember to say this to you that I see it too. I see right. it how you That's why see it. My brother and I have these great postmortems yeah. and all we're doing because there is, it's, I, I'm not saying it's gaslighting, but there's a, a, a hypnosis or well, like there, a come back into the way we taught you how to think and sh- look at us the sure. way we taught you how to look at us. Come back into the haze, into yeah. the hypnosis. Well, and I, my brother and I have to be like, we're not crazy, right? I mean, like, I, I want to give a better example than the hedges because when my dad says, what's the scary, what's the hardest part of shooting a show? Like, how we roll. Yeah. If your dad, I told your dad, I was like, if you said that, I would be like, well, you know, there's a grind to any job like yeah, that. Yeah. Or remembering know, like all the lines. All the lines. The, you're doing three episodes in a row. And by yeah. the last, the third Friday yeah. of the third show, sometimes you can't remember what you've said and what you haven't said. Yeah. That requires an emptiness, mm-hmm. like a, a spaciousness in the questioner to yeah. hear that and be like, I never even thought about that. Right. That is, I mean, there's so many words, so many lines, and you have to remember the movements and everything. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Boy, you know, don't let anybody kid you, Peter. That's work. That's that's hard work, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. I always make them, like, idyllic and perfect. But the, but the truth but is, even... is he says, what is the hardest part? You're walking into a room filled with... What I, I don't know what it's filled with, but it's filled. Mm-hmm. It might be filled with what he thinks is the hardest part. What would be the hardest part for him? And and again, right. it, it, and I do this too. I can relate. It's like a it's like pinging sonar. It's like the hardest part for me would be performing in front of people, which it seemed like it would be for him. Like yeah, which is strange, but like getting over the nerves of it. Mm-hmm. And like if I say that, then my dad scores a little chocolate treat. He's like, ah, see, we're on the same. I relate. I'm like him. He's like me. We win. But if I say something that he... And by the way, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I know I can't really say the answer. But here's what I... This is really the point I wanted to make. Yeah. So so your dad is like, just try answering him. Mm -hmm. Just answer his question. Uh And as he's saying that, and I'm having this talk with your parents. Yeah. So my other set of parents. And I'm like, well, here we are doing it. Yeah, maybe I could. Maybe I could. So then on the last meal, I tried. My dad asked me something, and I was like, I'm just going to answer him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Here's what what people don't seem to understand is it's like a labyrinth. Mm -hmm. There's so many responses. This is like your your therapist, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. There's faces Mm -hmm. that they can make. Subtle facial expressions. There's responses. Yeah. uh, Talking about... My family not being like very communicative. We don't really know each other. Mm -hmm. We can't seem to dock and see eye to eye and connect and communicate, especially when all four of us are together. And I'm talking about how weird that is. And then my dad's like, we're not weird. What do you mean we're weird? And he's like getting offended. And he's kind of going back into that dad of my youth. And I start feeling deeply unsafe. And then at one point, 
because because he thought I was like making fun of him. I think this is all a guess. Mm-hmm. He goes, I remember when we went to the Pancake Man over there in Cape Cod. And you must have been seven or eight. He told the story apropos of nothing, by the way. Yeah, you were seven or eight, and you just wouldn't settle down. You just wouldn't stop horsing around. And I grabbed you by the arm and I took you outside and I said, "Listen, my friend." He didn't say that. Yeah. Listen, my friend, if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't calm down, we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. We went back in the restaurant and, and you, you, you didn't make another noise. You're a perfect gentleman. You were a perfect gentleman. And I'm like, that was the story. That's the story. That's the story. Like my favorite line in Greenberg is he goes, what was the point of that story? <laughs> yeah. And, but the point is, I don't know what the point is. I, I could I could slice it six different ways. But here's my point. Yeah. It's not fucking safe. No. It's not safe. It's not safe. So the advice is well-meaning, and I've gotten it from dozens and dozens of people of like, just try. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I feel like I'm walking into the hedge maze, hedge maze from The Shining. Yeah. And like... And it's not just me. It's not just something I'm projecting onto him. Mm-hmm. Like he no. said on our first uh, lunch, he was like, Peter, on Stephen Colbert, he asked you something about God and mm-hmm. you answered. What, 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 what did you say? <laughs> and I was like, well, why don't you watch it? He's like, I did watch it. But I was like, well, watch it again. Mm. He's like, yeah, I could, but you're here now. So tell me. <laughs> okay, so this is the first lunch. So I'm still kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking your dad's advice is right. Just yeah. answer the question. Yeah. And I go, well, I was talking about how Leela's name is uh, the dancer, the play of the universe. And that's my view of reality is that it's the dancer, the play of God. And that when we joke, we remind ourselves that nothing essential to us, meaning to our soul, mm-hmm. is out there. We mm-hmm. can laugh at almost anything because it's not who we really are. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked down a little bit and went <laughs> and rolled his eyes. Mm. Um, hedge maze. Yeah. Why did you ask? Yeah. And why did I answer? Yeah. And then like when my dad asks me from that point on, I think that was my little reminder. Yeah. From that point on, it didn't matter what he asked. It'd be like, Peter, what's the hottest part of how we roll? I'd be like, well, Jay, the hottest part is knowing where to stand and how to look. And just like completely... Yeah throwing nothingness back and he'd always be he'd laugh because uh-huh. it's, it's like I'm being funny yeah. and part of it is to delight and be funny but like part of it is also to be like I can't I hate to say it but it's like I can't yeah there's almost no one really that I feel like I can't but yeah. like I really feel like I can't because it's going to lead to a chuckle an eye roll or it's going to lead to that passive aggressive story mm-hmm. or these weird I'm giving microaggressions to you that I don't know. You're giving microaggressions to me that I don't know if you know. And at the end of it, I'm like, this literally costs me usually 10 days. Mm -hmm. So people email me like a script. Some, my friend emailed me a script. I was like, would you read the script? And I had to write back. I was like, I'm sorry. My folks were just here. If I read your script, all I'm going to see, I'm going to hate it Mm -hmm. because I'm closed. Mm -hmm. So there's like a real cost to this stuff. And that's why. And my brother said that too. He's like, I just don't engage. And I was like, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not, it's not because we don't want to connect. It's It's because because you want to connect so badly. And you're willing to walk through a field filled with landmines. Yes. Well, that's, I think that's exactly it. It's as, and this is kind of how I explained it to my dad who was trying to understand. And I totally get it because if you've just had one meal, 
with these people. It seems like I remember saying to you after the first meal with your dad, I'm just kind of seeing like an, an old man who's trying to connect with his kids and doesn't necessarily know how to. Yeah. Maybe that is true. I do still kind of see that. But I also fully see now after hundreds of meals with them, it yeah. <laughs> feels like. Um, oh, God. I, <laughs> I see how you reach, you, like every time he asks you a question, he is maybe in that brief moment reaching or it also just seems like it's like, the appearance of reaching, but there's actually no... Well, you that's go, what I mean. There's something tied to that rope. Yeah. He's handing you a rope. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, okay, okay I'll just pull I'll it. Pull and then you realize rope. there's the stuff attached to the rope, and you're like, I think it's decisiveness or whatever. But, uh, yes, exactly. And it's not... I think it's more than just him asking a question and then give feeling like he's waiting the whole time you're talking. It feels like he's waiting to say whatever he's going to say. Right. And well, then, that's why one of my strategies is usually going, how old do you think the hedges are? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And which is great. Um, and all of that would be annoying. It's great because it works. And it's also, even as I'm talking about this, I'm like, this is sad. It's really it's sad. Like a, it's a heartbreak. That's what I'm trying it's to like get to. Strategies to like deflect because you don't feel safe. Yeah. talking. That's yes. sad. It's sad for my dad too. Like, I'm not saying like, I actually do think he's trying to connect. Yes. And I think his way of connecting is having stuff tied to the rope. That's, that's like, yeah. I have something to say. Like, exactly. I'm going to tell you. And I think and like, that's good. Like I'm not some dingus that's just going to go, huh? Wow. That's interesting. Cool. He, I don't think my dad is like, and I, I can see his point. He's like, it's better to like have lots of stuff and be like, here's my stuff. You know? Right. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that's he's, helping me actually. And he asks a lot of questions and for like, that's progress because a lot of people, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening whose dads never ask them about them, their lives. And so I'm sure I could hear him defending himself by being like, I ask questions. You say something. I have something to say. This is a conversation. That's right. So that's what I'm saying is, and that's how it looks to my parents or to anybody who's coming in from the outside. But now having been on the inside with you, I think it is exactly what you're saying is that your whole life, you slowly started figuring out that this person who not only did you depend on for survival, but who could sometimes be scary. So there, the stakes are very high to connect with this person. And for whatever reason, for invisible reasons, even you, you could not find him and he could not understand you. And you just never felt seen or understood by this guy. Yes. Who you still think, him seeing and understanding you is is really it way more important even than it is. Is your survival depends on it. Right. So any type of reaching back to him if it doesn't if it is met with anything less than oh I get it. You are so into and uh, like you know you're so into rupert spira and like the spira and like this idea of consciousness and what or you know that's very interesting yeah it's a play it's a dance dance. yeah anything i didn't know that's what leela means that's what leela means 
Yeah. Oh, I'm going to remember that. Anything less than I fully understand and see you. Or just feeling like you're having some impact on the person. Like they're they're changing, they're adapting. They're moving. Three-dimensional. They're, they're being permeated. Yes. Like that. that's the and real that's feeling the, with talking the, about the your dad. The macho-ness is like, you can't permeate me. Yes. I permeate you. Yes. And that's why, oh, you're helping me. Yeah. The question, what's the hardest part of how we roll mm-hmm. is... And I ask them, people that listen to this podcast are going to laugh because I ask a lot of leading questions. My yeah. brother also pointed out that I have a lot of my father in me. He's like, you tend to use it for good. Like, that's mm, good. Like, that's you use it in your comedy and you, I see it in you. And I was like, I see it in me too. Yeah. So I'm not off the hook by any means. Mm-hmm. But, and I can't expect him to know this, but I would prefer, um, do you enjoy making that show? Mm-hmm. Because then if there is something hard about it, or is it hard? Mm-hmm. Is different from what's the hardest part. That yeah. being said, like, I just had uh, lunch with James, James Bashara, who was great. And he, he, he'll he say, like, what's the most exciting thing in your life right now? And he goes, mm-hmm. what's the least exciting thing in your life right now? Those yeah. are great questions. Yeah. And it really got us talking. Yeah. So there's nothing inherently wrong with it. But I don't, I wish there could just be a cleaner, like, what's the experience like? Was it what you thought it would be? Or, yeah. And my, you know, it's not even the words. This is it's what I'm saying. It's just an attitude. It, That's what it, I'm it's, saying. It's yeah. not the action. It's not, it's how, it's not, not what's, what's happening said, externally. No, no. It's that it's not only what is happening internally and energetically in that moment. It's that and everything that's happened up to this point. So like yeah. that's why it gets misunderstood. And you can even hear very sweet Ben Schwartz do it on the pod on his episode of the podcast being like like, it sounds like a guy trying to connect yes because it does sound like that yeah but it's not until you are in the energetic field with the like experiencing having this person a conversation yourself where you can't connect with this person like I have like operation there's and then realizing that buzz so for me, your dad asked me a question. I can't seem to find him or connect with him on any level. And to me, I'm just like, all right, fine. I'm just not going to talk to this old man. But then I realize, oh, shit, if that were my dad, that would feel really shitty. Yeah. If Because to me now, I'm just like, there's no, I don't really need to connect with you. There's no problem here. But to your child self. Yeah, that's it. Like if I met Ben's dad, I don't know Ben's dad or their relationship, but I wouldn't have the issues. But that's great. That's Mm -hmm. part A. Part A is you see things that other people don't see. You can say that about anybody and their parents. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you should tack on part B, which is, so just give them a chance. Yeah. Like you don't... It's not safe. You don't know what you're navigating, like how, how strange it is and... And like, just answer, I'm not giving your your dad shit, by the way, or no, my no, dad no. shit. I'm just I, saying, he like, was, yeah, he's he, like, just try answering, and that's I'm like, what everybody that's uh, that's sees. interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, your your response, and in that advice, I think he was trying to give you an answer that would make it easier for you. Of course, that he thought, but we know better, and we know that your first responsibility is your child self, and it being vulnerable with your dad or reaching back to him in any way is just not safe territory. So it's, we keep it surface. We just make jokes and get through it. And it's, it's really sad that that's how it has to be, but it is, you know, I feel like it's very relatable 
And the way that you can connect, and I said this at the first meal, is because I do this sometimes too with my family where it's like, isn't it sweet that we both wish we could be closer? Yeah. And we we can't, we can't, Yeah, but isn't it nice that we both wish we could? Right. That's loving. Nobody's, nobody's going around. You said that on, on the way to our first meal, which was so helpful. Everyone going to this meal wants it to be great. Yeah. And the first meal was great apart from that one little moment. So I, I typed into YouTube, Rupert Spira parents, Mm. And he had a great clip Ooh. and it was really, really moving. It, it stood out because he actually says in the YouTube clip, this is one clip that's not for YouTube, which is really oh, funny. Wow. So he must have changed his mind huh. because he talks about how his father can be maddening. That's mm. his word. Mm. He's like, he can be absolutely maddening. And he was like, I first he said, you need to realize that nobody is responsible really it's not very satisfying it's like nobody's really responsible for who they are uh you are because of what your parents did or didn't give you and they are because of what their parents did or didn't give them and their parents were because of what their parents did or didn't give them that's like what jed was saying it was what jed said yeah he was like so look this will never be satisfying to our captain america egos that want to go on the boat and throw our shield around and kill all the bad guys like we love that but it like unfortunately i think not even unfortunately yeah you just have to deal with it i actually think that's incredibly true yeah like my parents both are doing exactly as well and or whatever as they would be if they had their parents and their parents had their parents and their parents had their parents and no one is to blame yeah. whatsoever. Everybody is just the product exactly. of, an, of an environment. Exactly. And you have to have yeah. compassion for that. Yeah. The second thing, and, and this was more mind blowy to me, was he was like, he's talking about seeing his own father, Rupert. Mm. And he's like, I could only, he talks about the difference between loving and liking. Mm. He's like, mm-hmm. you can love people and, and not like them. Mm-hmm. But he's also like, I could only love my father, Rupert said, when I came to the point of realization where I realized I didn't want or need anything from him. Mm. And I was like, that's sort of the unfair situation that my father's going into Mm. is like, there's a kid sitting across from him that is like, I need you Mm. to compliment my hedges or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. And do it right. Yeah. And do it right. And, and communicate how I communicate Mm -hmm. and, be emotional and be effusive and all these things when that's not what's happening. So like when he, what, what Rupert is doing is he's not just psychologically bypassing, just going like stop wanting and needing. Mm -hmm. He's actually going like who I am essentially Mm -hmm. meaning awareness itself. Mm -hmm. If I rest in that, I don't need this guy to tell me anything, but it's not just a thought experiment. It's actually dipping into the well mm-hmm. of, of living water and living off of that yeah. instead of living on the psychological plane where you need your parents to understand you. That's, that's the Byron Katie thing. I need my father to understand me. Is that true? Right. Because let's say he hasn't. Yeah. You've been doing okay. Yeah. Like it's been all right. Right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you'd like this, this or this, but do you need it? Right. And, do you know he doesn't or mm-hmm. all these different things, all that, all that different experiment. Mm-hmm. So that's what I encourage people to watch the clip, especially if you have complicated relationships or whatever. I'm sure everybody does 
watch it on YouTube. It's great. Yeah. I, to me, that is so helpful in both that and the Byron Katie thing. When talking to your central self or your adult self. And I would just add, because it's helped me, your child self will always feel like they need their parents. And that's when you just have no other choice but to honor the longing. So, or to rem- to honor the longing and to remind your child self that you are actually this adult self who doesn't need them. Right. Or, and even if you're going to zoom out even more or zoom in even more, you're this essential being right. who doesn't need anything. Well, that's what we were talking about on the couch. I was thinking about Rupert too. When I'm observing the feelings and noticing that there's this ecstasy mm-hmm. on the border, mm-hmm. Rupert would make the point that we are made of ecstasy, that we're made of happiness. Yeah. That's not always our experience because we get caught up in objective reality. Yeah. But he points out, so Sadhguru, I remember him saying this. It's, it's, I, I really like Sadhguru, mm-hmm. um, but him and he and Rupert have different views on sleep. Mm-hmm. Sadhguru says like, people say they like sleep. Why do, why do you say you like sleep? Mm. You like feeling rested. Nobody likes sleep. Mm-hmm. You're not even there, right? Um, yeah. And I always heard that and I was like, no, I really, really like, like sleep. sleep. Yeah. I like sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just be rested all the time. I really like sleep. Yeah. And Rupert, he's he's more on that side because he's like, when you're deep asleep, mm-hmm. there is an experience. It's not an objective experience. Yeah. So there's no object and there's no even memory of it. Yeah. But apparently, and this is deeply comforting for all of us, mm-hmm. being alone with ourselves, being with pure consciousness, being mm-hmm. just your simple base awareness, consciousness or awareness without an object. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing for it to be aware of Mm -hmm. except absence Mm -hmm. and itself is incredibly blissful. Yeah. It's rejuvenating. It's restorative and it's nice. We like it. And he's like, one of the keys is to remember that that base state is here. It's just overlain with objects in the same way that a mirror starts reflecting things and it appears that those things appear to be real, but it's really just a reflection on this thing that is totally clear, spacious, open and good. That, that has implications for death. He's like, when you go and hang out with yourself, it's great. You shouldn't be afraid of death Mm -hmm. the same way that you shouldn't be afraid of falling asleep Mm -hmm. because when we're alone by ourselves, it's quite nice. Mm -hmm. And Um, it also speaks to like when I'm really looking inside and finding feelings, Mm -hmm. I might say it's like this, this despair has a perimeter Mm -hmm. of ecstasy. I think Rupert would say those negative feelings, thoughts and perceptions are like clouds in the sky, Mm -hmm. but the blue sky is always there. And the blue sky is, is happiness, Mm -hmm. is peacefulness, is spaciousness. Mm -hmm. And when we can let the sediment of our thoughts and our activities and our perceptions settle, Mm -hmm. you do get that taste. I've been doing it more and more. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really great at doing it with my folks in town, but I would do it occasionally and just take it. It feels like taking a step back into an effervescent stillness Mm -hmm. that's always there. In fact, it's what you're made of. It's what everything's made of. Yeah. Um, Okay. Two things. Don't, uh, I'm just going to say sleep paralysis. So you can remind me of that. Sure. Uh, But before I do that is I love all of that. And it does make me feel when you talk about that or quote 
that I, it does make me feel better about death. Um, and then, but also for me, and this could just be for me, but I have, you know, I've seen you as, as you deal with, or when you are with your parents, when we've talked a lot about this on the podcast already, but there is a potential for being like with them and trying to remember this kind of yes. thing and then being like, why can't I do it? And then it feels like a, like a failure. And so you now are dealing with the failure feeling on top of all of this, this family feeling stuff. So for me, I have to go through. That's why I'm like, my first step would be acknowledging that my child self will always feel like they need it needs its mommy. And can I be with that and nurture that? And then once I have, then naturally by nurturing your child self, by the way, you are stepping out of identifying with your child self into identifying with your adult self because who's doing the nurturing? You know, just the act of act of nurturing it is giving you the I am not that I'm the thing that's nurturing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's, it's first, I just, I always have to first tend to with kindness, my objective experience. I can't just completely leave it. And especially when it's really heightened, like being with your family is, um, so I just wanted to note that, that, and I'm not saying this is true for you or anyone else, but that's why in those moments, it doesn't surprise me that it's hard for you to, you know, you're yeah. like, I'm reading R Rupert Spira. I'm trying to remember all this, but then when I get with my family, I can't, it's like, well, yeah, something very small and tender needs to be cared for before you can then expand. But Right. That's why I love the practice of rain and I rec I recommend it all the time, but I love that at the end of it, after you've recognized what you're feeling, allow it, investigate it, nurture it, then there's just this natural zooming out that that Tara Brock calls after the rain, but where you have fully you are fully identified with the awareness itself that is holding it all. But because you've gone through the feelings, and you've nurtured them and you've tended to them, that expansiveness and that awareness feels so sweet mm. because it's it, it entered through the portal of love mm. and it didn't leave anything behind. It's like it scooped it all up and then it expanded as opposed to just trying to like expand your way out of it. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Very good. We're doing the Pete and the Val thing very well, but it's really true. I'm, we'll have this. We've had this conversation before. We'll have it again. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like a failure that it didn't happen because this is this is really the the best news of this pod of this conversation is that this suffering really does pull the bow back, the string on the bow back, and sends me forward creatively with urgency. Yeah. We've been talking about how when I have a bad stand-up set, always the next stand-up set almost always is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's this deficit, there's this need. Yeah. And when I spend my time, if I have, and again, 
just one last time, we did have nice parts of this visit. It was overall a successful visit. Yeah. But like the rocks in the in the river actually make me of way more use mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. I don't just mean publicly as a public person to my friends. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 like it's not in the way of life. It is life. Mm-hmm. And when I sit down to write a show and I'm writing parent characters, which is happening all the time, mm-hmm. or I'm doing stand-up and talking about family relationships or whatever it might be, there's no good stand-up in heaven, is what I was going to say. But that's not <laughs> that's not even really what I mean. It's it's like, it is sort of what I mean. It's like, yeah. we need this because we're all going through this. Yeah. So there's the social element and the sharing element. But then also just for me, going back to like, We don't know why we do anything. Mm. I actually, there's a type of work and I'd prefer to be doing that when I am running clean and things are really great with everybody in the family. And like, sometimes I'll have a great conversation with both of my parents and there's a, there's a clean Mm. cleanliness and a freedom to that. Right. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this other kind, which it gets rocky and challenging. And that fills me with life too. If you're being careful, you realize that both can be very life-giving yes but the suffering really makes you much more human and 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 as an artist much more um valuable yeah you're valuable no matter what but i mean like the art that i like tends to be from people who can relate to everything we've been saying today absolutely because it's like i thought to me uh, what is art for if not to just remind us that we're not alone um I was going to read this Mary Oliver poem. I'll save the sleep paralysis thing for another time. Um, but I want to read a different one now because sure? we're talking about this. Yeah, it feels right to read a poem right now. Um, I was going to read one that I'll save the visitor. That's what it is. Okay. Because this is very... Yeah, this is, I mean, this is just what we're talking about. Uh, okay. And I think I might maybe have read this on the podcast before after an episode where we talked about our, our parents. Should I not then? No, No, we, we want it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Put on the music. Yeah. Why not? Doing it. So this is called a visitor by Mary Oliver from her collection called dream work. My father, for example, was young once. A blue-eyed... Oh, sorry. Shit. (laughs) Okay. My father, for example, who was young once and blue-eyed, returns on the darkest of nights to the porch and knocks wildly at the door. And if I answer, I must be prepared for his waxy face for his lower lip swollen with bitterness. And so for a long time I did not answer, but slept fitfully between his hours of rapping. But finally there came the night when I rose out of my sheets and stumbled down the hall. The door fell open, and I knew I was saved and could bear him, pathetic and hollow, with even the least of his dreams frozen inside him, and the meanness gone. And I greeted him and asked him into the house, 
and lit the lamp and looked into his blank eyes in which at last I saw what a child must love. I saw what love might have done had we loved in time. Oh, God. Mary. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's beautiful. Spicy chicken. That actually, I'm not just saying this, that actually makes me grateful. I don't, I, I relate. And there's part of me that's like, I'm glad my dad has his, all these qualities that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. I know it's a little heavy, but so good. So good. I thought you were going to say keep it crispy. Oh, yeah. So wonderful. Val, thank you for this. Yeah. So wonderful to have this sort of sacred time Mm -hmm. to chat and to, I always feel better at the end. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know you. Yeah. My pleasure. (laughs) Sincerely. And Uh, uh, go ahead. Everybody just go ahead and keep it crispy. That's what I always do.